that's what you like to do. You do this on purpose. You like to amp me up before we press play so that I'll be ready to punch So then you, you can be ready to talk shit. So I'll be ready to punch <laughs> you in your face. <laughs> I, I'm, I am now, after whatever episode this is, I have come to realize that that's why you do that. Mm -hmm. And okay. this is why we can't be friends. Period. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to We Can't Be Friends. We're having a conversation with your ex is possible. Yes, it is. Is it needed today? I think it's going to be a good one today. Alrighty. My name is T. Nivion. And this is Plain Shane. <laughs> and today we have a conversation about what? Daddy issues. Something that Plain Shane has. For sure. I mean, I, everybody has some sort of daddy issues. You think so? I mean, it's not always butterflies and rainbows, even if you have a good relationship with your father. Okay, true. I'll take that. So I think that this can speak to a lot of different people, even if you don't have a terrible relationship with your father. You know? All right, so daddy issues it is for today. What I would say is, do you consider a father or a dad? Like, is it a difference between being a father or being a dad, is there a, is there a difference? You know, I feel like people try and do that, like they use that wordplay, like, oh, there's a difference between a father and a dad, but honestly, father, dad, like father obviously is the person that like creates them, right? But both of those titles have to be earned, I think. I think you have to be somebody to be a father or a dad. You know, if you're absent, then you're neither to me. So, I mean, yeah, you can do the whole wordplay like there's a father, but a dad is somebody that's actually there. I think father or dad, they have to be there. Like if you're absent, then you ain't shit. But what if uh, well, there was a sperm donor? Exactly. They're that's nothing. They is. They're nothing. They're sperm They're donors. Not a father? No, I don't. You know, I just think that's a that's the one way that people like to get on social media and just like make somebody look bad. But for me, I just think like now. So then, know, why do they call it Father's Day and not Daddy's Day? It's a good question. Ask Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't celebrate that holiday, so I really not. You don't. I don't really have too much. You know, I have daddy issues, motherfucker. <laughs> I was celebrating for my mama then. And I do. That see, I do that on okay. Father's Day. I do normal. I try and get my mom something. Not all the time, but for the most part, I do celebrate Father's Day. Mm -hmm. My other brothers do too, with our mom. So. What is your current relationship with your father like? My current relationship with my father is actually very good. It has been a while since um, me and him have had any type of like disconnect of any sort. I say things are flow very well now that we are where we are in life. That's good. Okay. And where's the current relationship with your father? Um, I really don't have one. I don't really have a relationship with my dad right now. Is he still living? He is still alive. Um, he actually, he lives in Ohio. <coughs> in hey. the same city? No, he doesn't. He doesn't currently live in the same city with me, but up until maybe six months ago, he did for, you know, I want to say a, a good part of five years after he got out of prison the last time. He was living, you know, seven minutes away from my mom's house. He just recently moved to a different city to live with his sister. Okay. I got another, I'm, I got another question to ask now. What? <laughs> so, like, when your dad, where, when he was in prison, where was he, where was he in prison? Uh, the first time, so, just to give a little backstory, I didn't meet my dad until I was 12. Okay. And when I met him, he was in prison in Chillicothe, Ohio. And then... 
you know, he did that sentence and got out for a few years and went back to prison. And then he was in London, Ohio. But all in Ohio, all visitable areas. Yeah. And the first time he was in prison, I did go visit him quite regularly after I met him. <laughs> and then what made that change? Why, why once he was out? So I met my dad when I was 12. And like I said, he was in prison. And I would go visit him in prison. You know, we exchanged letters, phone calls, all that, you know, building a relationship that we had missed out on for the first 12 years. But of course, he was in prison, so he had time. You know what I mean? Um, and we knew that he got out in May of, you know, 2009. Okay. And I graduated in June of 2009. So we knew that that was a thing. Like, he, you get out the year I graduate, and you get out in May. I'm going to graduate probably in May or June. So leading up until that, I always knew, you know, like when my dad gets out of prison, he's going to be at my graduation. You know, we've talked about it for years. So when it came time for that to happen, you know, he got out of prison and whatever, you know, direction he wanted to go in, which is whatever, it's fine. You know, he went and did his thing. Was he at your graduation? But the day of my graduation, I called him and I'm like, hey, it's today. Are you going to be there? And he's talking about, yeah, I'm on the way. Okay. So I had my graduation and here I am. Like looking around everywhere, and I I got I graduated at the Schottenstein Center, which is a huge arena in Columbus, right? And I graduated with fourteen hundred people, so you can only imagine the crowd that was there. Yeah, you know, I did electronic school for high school. I homeschooled myself, so it was a big class. And I was looking around, and I didn't see him, and I just assumed like, okay, well, it's just fucking big. No, he never fucking came. Oh, that's fucked up. He never showed up. Oh, that's fucked up. And then I didn't see him again. So he had got out in May. I didn't see him again until two days after Christmas yeah, the next 2009 year. Yeah. 2010. 2010. Well, it would have been 2009. still, so about to be 2010. So I didn't see him again. And that pissed me off. And then next thing you know, he's back in prison like a year later. You know what I mean? Oh, so he's a repeat offender. Yeah. So I was mad and I was real, like real hurt about it. And I was at, at one of those stages in my life where I was like, fuck him. Like, I don't want nothing to do with him. <sighs> and, you know, he's in prison for maybe two years and I come back around and we're exchanging Did letters. I didn't visit him, but we exchanged letters. We exchanged phone calls and all that throughout the second number. And then he got out in 2018, you know, five years ago. I think that was when he got out. 2018. And I've seen him once. Since he's been out. Interesting. Yeah, and it's not for a lack of trying. I've called him. You know, there's... I don't know how many times I've had to give him my number. Well, I can say I... I can and it's never changed. Yeah, I've called him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't really even desire a relationship with him or anything like that. It was more so like, oh, I have a dad. You know, let me reach out to him. You know, when his parents died. I hit him up for each one of those. I always hit him up on father's day. I always hit him up on his birthday and I would never get a response. So eventually, you know, you just stop calling. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not about to look like a fucking fool. Right. Fuck all that. You so, yeah. anyway. So, uh, definitely have the daddy issues. <laughs> so shift gears just a little bit. Can you think of the first time you had a conflict with or a disagreement with your dad? You can't remember the first time you had, like, the first memory of a conflict with you and your dad. Don't think too deep about it. Because what's the name? So, like, well, I used to get whoopings all the time. So, like. <laughs> conflict. 
But I can't just I think can just think of nothing. But just like I can think of a time where me and my brother we were doing things with our next door neighbor that we shouldn't have been doing with our next door neighbor, and my dad was able to see us doing this outside the window, inside our back in our backyard, and we got caught. He brought us into he brought us into the uh, basement, and he had us pull our pants down, and he had us sit up across the floor, and he held us by our feet, and gave us our butt whooping, and then we had to go back next door and tell the girl's mom what we did, apologize, the most embarrassing thing ever to do for a kid. I think we was like probably like seven years old, eight years old. Um, Busted. Extra busted. My stepdad growing up, he was strict. He was like a drill sergeant, even though he was never in the military. And he caught it, me and my brother Joey, we would be in the basement cussing at each other because back then, you know, cussing was so funny. And we would be cussing in the basement and we were so smart, but also so dumb at the same time. I specifically remember me and Joey being like, I don't give a fuck if Bill's listening at the top of the basement stairs right now. We're going to fucking say whatever the fuck we want. Blah, blah, blah. And like, we were just being kids fucking cussing. And he was up at the top of the stairs laughing, listening to us say all this shit. And then he came down and beat our motherfucking ass. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Can we say what you're saying? It ain't never changed, though. I'm, I still cuss like a sailor. <laughs> if there was one thing that you could say to your father, what would it be? Ooh, that's a heavy hitter. If there was one thing I could say to my father right now, what would it be? I wish you the best. <laughs> really? Yeah. I wish you the best. I hope you're doing good. <laughs> I don't look. Nice. I ain't got no ill will against somebody that, you know, that who's going through what they're going through. You know, I can't be mad because of the decisions he makes because obviously he makes those for a reason. Uh, you know, I you, I'm not necessarily hurt by his absence. Sometimes I get confused like I just wonder why like you got five kids and you fuck with three of them and you don't fuck with me and Natasha. So it's just like, I have an older sister, Natasha, and me and her, you know, we're both in the same boat. Mm -hmm. We've never really had our dad in our life. We always had our mom, and then she lost her mom. You know what I mean? So now it's just me and her, and it's like we got each other. And so as far as, like, my dad goes, I can't really be mad at somebody who's, you know, got their own issues and going through their own shit. I I just wonder why sometimes. Like, why don't you think of me like... There's so many people in this world that think I'm pretty fucking dope, okay? So it's like, it, it confuses me that he doesn't. But at the same time, his loss, you know, I don't I don't really lose no sleep over it. And like I said, I got my sister, so. Uh, I was going to ask, like. I just wish him well. That, you have that, do you feel like you still have that yearn for him? But you just, no, you don't, obviously. No, I don't. I really don't. Be, I, you know, I have such an amazing mom. I you really, do. I really just. Shout don't. out to Shell. <laughs> I really just don't be, I don't be missing shit as far as when it comes to my dad. It just more, I think about what he's missing out on, honestly. I'm like, damn, bro, like, you're missing out because I'm dope and we could be like a dope father-son situation. Mm-hmm. I could have your back. You could have mine. We could support each other and motivate each other in life. You know, I could have supported him through some of his struggles since he's got out of prison, but I didn't even have that opportunity. And that's on him, so... Like I said, it's his loss. I'm not missing out. He is. Everything happens for a reason. Exactly. All right. So it's probably been said in plenty of podcast episodes before, but you are a pastor's kid. And I am a PK. (laughs) You are a PK. 
So did you feel pressure to uphold a certain standard for the church growing up? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Give us examples. Um, definitely, you know, being a pastor's kid. I mean, well, first of all, they expect us, you know, to be the, the good ones. But at the end of the day, too, the PK kids are known as the worst ones. That is, that is the rumor. Say, like, you know, we kept it saying true. But at the same time, too, like with us being a pastor's kid, like when people will come to our church from another church or whatever, we were looked at as the ones that, you know, like you definitely needed to dress the part you know, partake in whatever's going on in church at that time or whatever. So, like, I was the drummer of the church. I was inside choir, did all those PK things. But, yeah, definitely being a pastor's kid, I definitely had to put on, you know, whatever. And now that I'm older and people know me for who I am now. Right. <laughs> it's like, like, you a pastor's kid? Yes, I am. And what's it like at church now? I feel that when I walk through the church now, you know, I'm just, I'm the gay pastor son. That is what I and am. And they know that. And they know that, period, point blank. And then they look at me and they say, I pray for you. And I say, bitch, I pray for you too. <laughs> okay? Like, period. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah, praise them. Like, <laughs> bitch, I'll pray for you too. Right, period. <laughs> so, you know. What you going to pray for them? I'm going to pray the same prayer that they pray me for them. Okay. Period. Whatever you pray for me, I pray for you. Yep. Totally. Sister Brenda. Hello. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Okay. Yeah. How does your father feel or does your father know about about you being uh well queer? Queer. Yes. So, well, no, how does as, he feel about as, my sexuality? Your sexuality, yes. So it's wild because I, my dad found out about my sexuality second time around in prison okay the second time he went to prison i moved to new york and i moved there with the man that i was engaged to right so i wrote him a letter from new york and i'm like well i think it's time for me to say it to him like he probably already knew you know what i mean but it was like this is my time so let him know like hey i moved to new york and this is why (laughs) you know one of those situations okay at this time i'm 22 years old Okay, and, and it wasn't like I didn't ever come out to my dad. It's just like it was never a conversation. That was that. Because you know, like I said, he was in prison. And then when he got out of prison, which was when I was really coming in my prime coming out time, mm-hmm. he wasn't around during that little gap in between. So when I was like coming out to the world and everybody was finding out, he wasn't a part of my life. And then when he he went back to prison, I fucking get engaged. And moved to New York. So I messaged him or I wrote him a letter to let him know. And when he when I finally get his response back, which that's a whole mess, but when I finally got his response back about that, he's like, Son, I don't care about that. He's like, I've been in prison over half my life. Over twenty years of my life I've been in prison. And I know everything about being all the bit about being gay, about trans people. He's like, they're all he's in here. educated. He's like, he's like, they're all in here. I know everything about them. It's like, it's not weird for us. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. Right. And that was the only reaction he ever gave to me. And he was always supportive. And then, you know, I started to dabble in drag and stuff. And I would send him pictures. The next thing you know, he's got men in there, like, talking about, like, they want a pimp pow and stuff. 
<laughs> no. Yes, my dad was trying to hook me up on some fucking after love after lockup. <laughs> I don't want you to get you a little pen pal friend. Yeah, when I say I got daddy issues, I'm saying that this shit runs deep, okay? It's down, in the, it's down deep in the soul. In the and I top. did write somebody too. I bet you you did. But it didn't go anywhere because I, I peeped his game did. immediately. I'm like, oh, he's just trying to run game on me. And my dad was totally okay with that. But I mean, they were trying to get you some coins. They wanted but to make sure they, they can get you some shit. And he didn't. I spent money on my JPEY. Okay, listen. Y'all know about the JPEY. I, 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 I know about the, the JPEY. I know about the JPEY. I've never but been I, a part of the JPEY. I've paid to send messages. That's all it is. Nope, I've never. Never put money on it. Any random guy's books. Nope, I sent a letter, and that is a lot off. Mm-hmm. Girl, please. No, I ain't <laughs> nobody's for me, bitch, please. So, when did your dad find out that you were gay? So, my dad found out that I was a homosexual. One of the girls. <clears throat> he knew I was gay. Actually, he told me that a guy revealed to him that I was a homosexual at my uh, first show choir competition. That How were he, you? um, I was my senior year. I was eighteen, yeah, I was eighteen, and I was at my show choir composition. And he said that's when God revealed to him that I was gay. So that was like in the mid, in the in the beginning of my high school year, so two thousand four, right? Yeah, two thousand four, and I wasn't outed until two thousand and six. So my dad knew two years prior. Before it was a thing. So that's when he found out. And so then what happened when it was confirmed for him? When it was confirmed that I was outed, I mean, that was, you know, that was gay. My dad actually, you know, he told me that he already knew. He read me some Bible verses as a pastor did. You know what I'm saying? And he told me that he loved me and left it at that. One thing about my dad, I will never expect my dad to... Except that I'm gay. He never will. You don't think so? Oh, no. He never will. And we've had this conversation. And that's okay. But my dad respects me for who I am. He respects my partner. If I have a partner. And you're okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Because at the end of the day, that's all I... I don't need you to accept accept me for who I am. Because I know who I am. I know who I am. Who I am. And I'm okay with who I am. But as long as you give me the respect that I am due... Uh Why not? I mean, I can appreciate it. All day long. Really. You just don't seek the acceptance, though. No. And, I, it's, and that's okay. It's, that's fine with me. Because at the end of the day, that, that comes down to, like, sexuality. And it's like, you, mm-hmm. do you want your dad to accept who you have sex with? Like, who cares if your dad... You I, 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 just want, I just want to make sure that at the end of the day... He respects you. I, he respects me for the man the that I And the people that you're with. Yep. He treats none of my friends no different. He's never treated my partner no different. If I've had a... Like, when I was going through my, like, uh, my first fiance, when he broke up with me, I was with my dad. When he sent me that text message, breaking up with me on Friday the 13th, whatever day it was, I just know the Friday the 13th, I was with my dad. I was 21. And that was the time when me and my dad got the closest, was when I was going through a breakup with my boyfriend or my fiance at that time. And we got so close. And he was... You know, having whole like relationship conversation with me, trying to you know like, but maybe you could have did this, or maybe you could have did that. It was never like, well, you need to be with a girl then. No, he literally was coaching me about my situation. So like, like I said, he does not he 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 accepts me in his way, and I'm okay with that. And that's all that you need. That's all I need. 
Good. Yeah. Oh, that makes me a little emotional. <laughs> you know how I'm a soft ass bitch. <laughs> I am a soft ass bitch. Do you feel that without a father, without a father figure in the house, that it's harder for a boy to become that man that you know that girl? Do you feel that he's that's going to be a gay boy? Yeah, I think I honestly think that's super circumstantial. Obviously, I don't think not having a father is going to make you gay. I think that's ridiculous. But right. not having a father figure does it will does it make it harder for you to learn those lessons of becoming a man? Right. I definitely think so because you know if you don't have that representation in your life, but like I don't think I can relate to that just because like my mom is such a strong. Even she's even got strong masculine energy. You know what I'm I mean? Sure. My mom is a tough bitch. Like Period. she's not to be fucked with. She fight. She fights like a dude. She fought, dude. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I I grew up with her. Fucking, you know, tussling. <laughs> Plays no game. So my mom was just. It was like I don't feel like I ever missed that energy. You know, I had mm-hmm. a stepdad for about six years too. Okay. So we did have somewhat of a father figure. Like I said, he was like a drill sergeant, but he gave us structure. And I did learn a lot of things about like, you know, just manners and things like that. So I will give him that. But outside of that, when he left, it was just my mom. And she just, she knows how to carry the energy for both sides. So I don't think that lacking a father makes you miss out on that opportunity to learn those lessons. Because my mom taught us all how to be a man. And, you know, I'm gay, but my mom had four sons. The other three are not gay. They're very much, you know, strong independent men you know my brothers in the army you know my other brothers they are just like super you know rah rah you know what i mean like definitely is rah rah they're tough they're tough guys and stuff my mom raised men so i just don't think but i mean i guess there are definitely are instances where you know you could be raised around a lot of feminine energy so you're more on the bougier side do I think it makes you gay? Absolutely not. I think it makes you metro, maybe. I think, you know, because my stepdad, the drill sergeant, he used to tell my mom because she would, like, give in to my sexuality. She would buy me these feminine things mm-hmm. growing up. And he would say, you're going to make him gay. That's the type of stepdad I grew up with. He would tell my mom that no. she was going to make me gay because I like doing hair. I always wanted to do hair. You know, I went to mm-hmm. beauty school and everything like that. She would buy me things like the mannequin heads and the barbie head dolls so that i could do their hair and shit and to him that was gonna make, make me gay, gay. Mm. yeah my daddy issues run deep <laughs> like crazy right so like what's name so i can say so like even though my dad said you know god revealed to him that i was gay you know at my show choir competition that was his confirmation i feel that my dad knew that it was definitely Growing up, there was definitely the gayness was in there all day long because it was always, you know, like, oh, too, I got some sugar in his tank. Mm-hmm. That was always the thing all day so long. So it was an insinuation. It was always an insinuation. It was definitely like, um, do you remember? Uh, so one of my favorite sayings back in the day, and my dad used to want to, I would get almost a whooping for saying it all the time. <laughs> what? It was like, you better recognize. You better recognize. You better recognize. You said that. Oh, and my you, dad was, and I would have my hand on my hip. Uh-huh. Oh, that was a no-no. Oh, was here. that was a no-no for my dad. And I, that was my thing. Like, you got to recognize, like, hands on his hip. Uh-uh. Oh, my dad would be on 
fire. Yeah. Now that I'm grown, uh-huh. I've done it to the, I was like, dad, you better recognize. <laughs> <laughs> you probably drive him. Oh, see, yeah. that is one thing I can say. My stepdad, he, he wasn't necessarily homophobic for, toward me, but there were signs. I got in trouble for laughing too loud. Like I, you know, I'm a loud laugher. You know me. You're a loud laugher. We laugh loud, and it's like I can't control it. If something's funny, bitch, I'm fucking laughing, and I'm going to wail like a hyena. Okay, <laughs> my laugh is ridiculous. Anybody who knows me knows that. I would get in trouble for that. I literally, get smacked in the mouth if it got too loud. You know what I mean? Like he would really try and be like, "You're too loud." I couldn't play with Barbie. So I'm like, he wasn't necessarily homophobic, but there was signs. Like he was, he was getting me when he could. <laughs> I couldn't play with Barbies. I could not play with Barbies at all. That was such a gonna make album. you gay. That was that was gonna be such, that was gonna make me gay. Oh man, goodness gracious! I remember when I was a uh, younger, a little kid, and I played with uh, my cousin Gwen's Barbies, and I got in trouble, and I wasn't allowed to play with the Barbies because they came in the room, and I had taken all the earrings out of all of the Barbies. I thought you were gonna tell me you took the heads off the bitches. No, I took all their earrings off. I don't know why. I specifically remember that, though. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. I was allowed to play with the Barbie dolls until I fucked them up. All right. So, do you feel like your dad evolved in his way of thinking after you were outed? For sure. All day long. Like, like it changed his perspective on homosexuals as... I can say that my dad has definitely... I have... I have allowed my dad to evolve... For sure, because hell, as I get older, I evolve. <clears throat> I don't. He ain't really had a choice, has he? Not at all. Like he, I mean, you have no choice. I mean, with me being your son, as I evolve, you don't have to evolve. So, like, I can say yes, my dad definitely evolved when it comes down to the LGBTQ element of PQRS all day long. You know what I'll say to piggyback on that too? I think it really helps because it's you. Yeah, because you're his son, and you're you just have that personality, and you're funny, and you demand that respect. And like from my experience, I I've been around your dad, you know, a couple handful of times, and when I see y'all's interaction, he he thinks you're funny. Like he oh. just he gets this little smirk when you say shit, when you get get to doing your little talking and running your mouth, he just kind of laughs. Like even tonight when we were on the phone with him, you could just hear him like chuckling, like oh shit, here Taroga. <laughs> Here you go. With my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive. When my dad found out that I messed with a trans boy, that was the most funniest conversation ever Speak in my up. life. Ever in my life, that was the most funniest conversation ever. When my dad found out that I messed with a trans boy, he, I was like, so that I had sex and I had some, I was like, oh, dad, I, had, I had some cooter. He was like, <laughs> What? You have sex with girls? I was like, no. I had some cooter, though. He was like, what do you mean you had some cooter? I said, well, he has a cooter. And it was good. He was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Run that back. Rewind. Why you keep saying him? I'm like, because he's a boy. He's a man. He just got a cooter. He was like, let me see. So I showed him a picture of the boy. He was like, he got a cooter? I'm like, yeah. So then I had to go through the whole, like, he was once female. He's now male. He was just like, but that looked like a whole boy. I was like, yeah. But he got a cooter. And he was blown away. Blown away. He was just like, I was like, well, Dad, you did tell me you wanted me to be with some cooter. 
<laughs> I was with some cooter. My dad, my dad gets blown away by me all the time. And guess what? He still loves me. And I love him. That's all that matters. He's had no choice but to adapt. Yeah. Hey, I am his son. Have no choice. Okay. Can you, can you feel that not having a father figure in the home be like a factor on why males end up going left, like going towards crime, going towards like the thug boy lifestyle? Do you think that is like, or is that a, a stereotype? Just a stereotype. I think that that's definitely true in some instances, you know, not having a father figure, but I wouldn't necessarily just say a father figure. I would say a parental figure mm-hmm. because, you know, with a good mom, a good strong mom, you know, just like in my case, you, know, you can have a healthy childhood without having both both parents. But I definitely think there's been some cases where, you know, a young man or a young woman seeks that you know they have that void from not having their father so they act out that's definitely a real thing everybody's different in how they cope i didn't do that you know what i mean like i got i love I, I definitely wanted to be a part of my dad's life when he was in prison and stuff like what do you feel you did with your with your dad being the void what did you do what do you feel that you did to fill your void well going into the situation I was always, you know, it was taught to me by, you know, everybody important in my life. Like, don't don't fall into any sort of like tricks where, you know, if you feel like you're going to be taken advantage of And My dad never really did that or anything like that. But I was conditioned throughout that whole process of getting to know him while he was in prison. And then it was like I had that relationship with him while he was in prison. And when he got out, by the time he got out, I'm 18 years old. So at this point. I'm just, you know, I'm old enough to know, like, okay, so he was playing me, like, on some prison talk because he really wasn't trying to be in my life when he got out of prison. So, and then when he went back into prison again, I'm like, at this point, I'm like 21. I already know what it is. You know what I mean? I'm not dumb or naive to the situation. I know how people are. So when he's reaching out to me again, when he goes to prison, even though he didn't fuck with me when he was out, I was woke and aware. I gave him enough to say, hey, I love you still. You know, I care about you. But, but what did you do to fill the fo- the void of not having a father figure? I didn't have a void because I had my mom, so it was like I never really had a dad of a c- consistent father figure in my life. So it's not like missing something if you never had it. I you know what I mean? Yeah. And okay. so having my dad in my life so was a bo- when he was in my life it was a bonus. But when he left, I was like, I can't be sad over something that you know was yeah, yeah, a I bonus anyway. Got you. Okay. You know what I mean? I had. Yeah. My mom. <laughs> Period. Did you look up to your dad growing up? No. And I'm not even trying to, like, I'm trying to, yeah. Like, <clears throat> no, I didn't look up to my dad. Like, you know, my mom My mom is my hero. Like, I, I, I am a mama's boy, hands down, all day long. Like, but my dad, he's an amazing man. He's a father, a man of God. He's uh, awesome. You never wanted to follow yeah. in his footsteps? No. Hell no. Like, what my dad has to endure as a pastor, I could, I would never, ever like just being on call for just, everybody. Just being yeah. on call, the fact that you have to, you know, at the end of the day, a human is a human, and to me, being a pastor, you are looked at and have to be upheld to, you know, this standard. Like a superhuman, and this, right? And it's just like 
you can't have flaws and this and that. Not saying that my dad does not have flaws because he does. You know what I'm saying? He has, has but it is that is the perception. You got to be this, you know, amazing person, and it's just like to me that's just extra. And like the times that my dad have to like every time he answer his phone, it's somebody. It's always talking to a, a, a person need prayer, or he need to go talk to this person to go to the hospital to do this for that person. And it's just constant. I was just like, I could never. Like, I remember when my dad was um, telling me, he's like, so you know, when I get, um, when I leave the church, you're going to take over, right? I was just like, never. Does the church have a smoking section? <laughs> like, are we going to have a cannabis type of situation going on here? Like, I don't think that I'm going to be any pastor of any church here. Pup, pup, passing in the pews. Hello, honey. period. Like, yes, we're going to have a pup, pup, pass in this bad boy. Like, hello, Mary Jane. Praise the plan. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but yeah, no, my mom was my, the person I looked at. My mom was my hero. Did you look up to yours? Did I look up to my dad? In certain ways, I did, you know, oddly enough, just in like the edgier way, honestly. Like, like I said, when I was growing up in my teen years is when I was getting to know my dad mm-hmm. and I was like becoming the man that I wanted to be or whatever. So certain things about my dad, my dad was like super alpha male. He was tough. He's covered in tattoos. From the moment I met my dad, you know, I always wanted tattoos, but from the moment I met my dad, I knew I was going to be covered in tattoos. I was so, I was so like captivated by his tattoos, his artwork, all the different things. And my dad didn't get no bullshit prison tattoos. They're all very unique and very cool. And he's got a story behind them all. And I knew that, you know, going in, I'm going to have tattoos that have a lot of significance to them. They're going to be fucking dope. And I do shout out to my tattoo artist, Kehlani. Period. She's the best, but so in that way, he really did influence me. And in a way that like, he very much taught me, like I had to demand respect, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just from the visits and talking to him and stuff, he just very much made sure that I knew that I had to demand respect because what do I look like? My dad being who he is and I'm getting punked. So in that way, I guess I did look up to him, but like, that's it. Like, honestly, and that was just like because my dad was in prison and he like carried this demeanor. So it was just it kind of had an impact on me. And, you know, like I wanted a tattoo on my chest because Mm -hmm. I felt like a tattoo on your chest, like demands respect. It's like one of the hardest places to get a tattoo. So that was the first tattoo I got. That may be my next place where I can get my tattoo if I get my chest together. But other than that, I didn't really look up to my dad a whole lot. I feel like I had a lot of other influences around. I looked up to my older brother a lot. And of course, my mom. You know what I mean? My mom has always been a very strong person and always like shaped me to be as strong as her and tough as her. So, but this is a serious question, even though it's probably going to be like, yeah, of course there is. But like, seriously, since there's daddy issues, Uh is there mommy issues? I mean, me and my mom definitely had issues growing up. Like, just like you and your mom, you know, I we're very much alike. So sometimes that can be a great dynamic and you can be best friends. But like when me when I was growing up, me and my mom were not friends. We butted heads. It was like big sister, little sister more than it was fucking best <laughs> friends because we were so much alike and both got a mouth on us. Both fucking are very strong, like, outspoken people we're gonna say what the fuck we want to say if we feel you're wrong we're gonna argue about it yeah and that's exactly what the fuck me and my mom did it was argue about it and then like when i get older and i get to partying and stuff and i'm drinking and doing all this other extracurricular then me and her really started butting heads because it's like she partied and i partied and it's like that's a bad combination so it got ugly for a minute you know some shit went down 
But once me and my mom came back together, once I was an adult and I like had went and experienced all those crazy things, like it was like, okay, now we can be friends. And now me and my mom are best friends. So I don't have any mommy issues now. She's literally my rock. <laughs> and the reason that the daddy issues don't really affect me as much as they could. Shout out to moms. When the dads are the ones that are falling, we always got moms to keep us there. Oh, Shelly's Shelly's gonna be there, okay? Period. One thing about Shelly, she's gonna be there. All right, so you were the first child. Even with everything under consideration, do you think that your dad will always have that special bond with you? Like being his first child? So, <clears throat> I can't say that. Okay, so me and my dad, we have our bond or whatever with me being his first child. I can't say he wished that our our bond was stronger. I can definitely say he wished that, like, we had that, you know. Bromance. That, <laughs> the way him and Ronnie are, he, he wished, wished he that that him. was like, that's how we was. But that's just not who I am. I am not that guy. But me and my dad, we have our bond the way that we, we do, you know. I can say when it comes to my dad, he's always there when I need him most. My dad is to me like, he know when I come out, come to my dad is like during the, I need to really talk to you. You is like my last resort. And this is now like, I got to just put it all out there and. So do you feel like you try not to turn to him? You said he's your last resort. In most cases, yes, my dad is my last resort because my first person is my mom. Right. But my dad, he is Why is that? Be, well, Honesty I, hour. I look to my mom first because I know that at the end of the day, my mom's going to take, take care of the business. She's going to take care of the business. But when it comes down to my dad, <clears throat> he always shows up when I least expect it, it to happen. And it's just like... I respect that. I love that. My dad will, as long as there ain't no foolishness, he's going to make sure that he take he take care of me the best way he can take care of me every single time. When I need him, he know that, I, or I should say, I know that he's going he gonna to take care of me. So, yeah, no. So, with that being said, if you could change one thing about your relationship with him, what would it be? Um, I wouldn't change anything with me and my dad's relationship. But if you could pick something... <clears throat> Just anything that you would want, you know, maybe better to enhance it or like sports. You would you wish you could like sports just so I wish could... I could just like that sports so that me and him, he that would be so great. I think that if I could It's enjoy never too late sports, to learn sports. Yeah, no. I don't care nothing about that shit. <laughs> like I don't care nothing about that. Maybe basketball. Mm. Uh, no. I love me some but basketball. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I did have that aspect with my dad. Cause like when I um, was younger, he was my coach for my baseball team. Um, he was my coach for my PE team, my my PE team, the uh, one with the little bat, and he was my softball. That not softball, the little one. The, when they have the T ball, that one. Okay, he was that one. He was my coach for that, and then he was my coach for when I was not using that anymore, and. That was like, he thought I was going to be like the next Albert Bell. He was so excited for me playing baseball. Like, I had my little, my, I held my, um, my bag, <laughs> all that jazz. He was so loving that. And then after I got hit with the ball, bitch, it was over. I was done. Fuck that. I got hit with the ball. It was a wrap. Did you cry? 
out cried and I was scared ever since then. Like, fuck that. Like, no. My dad was just like, after that ball hit you, you was never the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know. Like, fuck that shit. Like, literally, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Like, I, cause I swear, I had, do I held my bat? Do I, I thought I was the shit. I got hit with that ball. Game Done. over. Game over. <laughs> Albert Bell, nothing. Terrell is just going to be a ballerina, bitch. No, fuck that. I'm good. No, I love my bad brother. So now that you're out and a happy gay man and you're very happy with yourself and very much just, you know, a confident person, do you feel supported by your dad and do you feel supported by the church? Like, tell me what it was like with the church, with you coming out and like, what was that situation like? Well, the church, the church was the church will be the church, and I'm not going to fault anybody on how they feel when it comes down to the church. I just leave that, put that right there. They gonna have they they view, they gonna have their feelings, and that's this that that's their view and that's their feelings. Well, Do I right? guess I'm just trying to piggyback <clears throat> off of what I said earlier about how like you have to feel like you have to uphold a certain standard for the church. Like, what was that like once you came out again? The church had their view, and their view was, of course, you know, I I need to, I need to pray, and I'm going to, you know, go to the other side. Like my ex girlfriend's mom, oh my god, love her to death. But she's the one person that's praying for me to go to, back to being a straight man, and it's just like and she oh, always man. will. She will always have that prayer for me, and it's just like okay, girl. And I'm going to have the opposite prayer that you pray, girl, because it's just not going to be a thing. Her daughter accepts me for who I am. She loves me for who I am. It's like, why don't you get it, girl? Like, I was born this way. Like, do you think I, I was like, yes, I want to be gay and black. That is such what I want to be. <laughs> I want to be gay and black. Go me. No, that's not what I chose. I was born this way, honey. So it is what it is. But does my dad support me? My dad support me, honestly, tenfold. Like, when it comes down to my business, me being uh, a new entrepreneur and having my own salon, like, my dad has wanted to build me an a salon since I got into hair school. And honestly now with the way things are going in my life, like that just may be the next adventure for myself is to have my own piece. And my dad is so wanting to make that happen for me. And I'm so thankful. So he's real support he's he, supportive he's in more than ways than one. All day long. And with him being the amazing contractor that he is and able to have the skill set that he has he's had a vision for you know salon suites type of situation before they was even a thing and now that it is so popular in this down the third and something that i definitely need to do for myself you just never know baby you know i may just have my own suite and you know what i'm saying it just may happen it just may happen so how has your relationship with your dad affected the way that you move in life Mm, with my religious beliefs that is very instilled on me very strongly Mm -hmm. from my dad and at the end of the day I always let him know that you raised me right and I have a very good understanding on my religious belief and you did a good job sir you did a good job and you feel like you carry those values with you because very strong of him. because of him, for sure. Like that's awesome. My dad has a a very strong impact on me when it comes down to decision making, my morals. Like I was working at uh, 
this place out of downtown Cleveland called Flex. If you know what it is, you know what it is. <laughs> and that, like me working there and being a pastor's kid, it really played a whole, like my morals really got to me on that. It was just like, am I really watching these people sucking and fucking and just down the third and I'm about to go to church on Sunday? <laughs> like, well, oh my Jesus. Or like, to see people inside there that is in here sucking and fucking and then you know that they is in church on Sunday. <laughs> oh, like, what? Like, see, okay, that's for another episode. That's what I was saying. So it was like, yes, the morals is Sneaking there. with the dickens. I'm just here, you know what I'm saying? Shit is mind-blowing. Sneaking and freaking with the dickens. Period, okay? So, yeah, I'm going to leave that at that. How has your relationship with your dad affected you in the way you move? On your day to day, I think that one thing that I definitely have learned from my dad, the way that my relationship with him has affected me and my stepdad, is that I'm I will always be more consistent with people. You know what I mean? Like I'm always gonna show up for people. I'm always gonna be there until I have a reason not to be there. I'm never gonna be like them, where you know they were there when it was convenient for them. But as soon as things got inconvenient, they had the option to leave. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to be that type of person. I don't ever want to be that type of friend. I don't ever want to be that type of partner. I don't ever want to be that type of son, brother, anything like that. So um, the way that my dad's, me and my dad's relationship has affected me is learning how absence can affect somebody and learning that, you know, I would never want to impose that on anybody, even though I, I feel like I'm strong and I handled it well. I also know that somebody, you know, not as strong as me would be deeply affected by this. Not to say that I'm not affected by it, because obviously I am, but. I can see, like, definitely in this episode, I have came to understand and learn why the word abandonment oh. is a word of yours. Yeah. And I don't like her. Well, nobody but likes being abandoned. I understand. <laughs> I understand why, where, that, where that word comes from. Well, and like I said, too, it's like to miss something that you don't have, you know, it's kind of, that's the way I like to put it. But at the same time, I did have it at one point in time. So it was like something was taken from me. Mm -hmm. And now, like me and my sister Natasha, we just don't even seek that type of relationship. Like if he were to ever reach out to us one day, cool, you know, we would be cordial. Like we love you, you know what I mean? Like hope mm -hmm. the best for you. But that's about it. That's where, that's where we draw the line because we've had to get this far without you so like don't come in and try and take credit for anything you know if you want to come in and support us moving forward that would be great that would be a bonus but do i expect it nah so <laughs> not at, the end at all the, so at the end of the day there is still an inkling a hope that your dad comes to his senses i don't hope no i don't hope that he comes to his senses but i'm saying if, if he ever did decide that you know he finally wanted to wake up and realize that he has children out here that, you know, he, he could have been there for, mm -hmm. then I would be open to him, you know, trying to make amends for it. But that's about it. Is there, do I sit here and hope that maybe one day he'll reach out to me? No. I mean, I, I'm 31. My sister's 37 years old. It's a little fucking too late. Like at this point, like, yeah, you can come in and you can be there, but it's not, you know, you've already made the impact that you're going to make on us. True. You know, there's no restitution for this type of shit. 
it's like you just you know you can move forward in a positive direction and that's about as far as that can go the daddy issues run deep but we're okay ain't no, ain't no one monkey stop no show around here. okay Period. say that all right on that note we are on that 37th hour Thank you guys for listening to this combo between X's T. Millie and Plain Shane yeah. and our daddy issues or lack thereof. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, share, and follow. We can't be friends on all social media platforms. And of course, make sure you listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Thank y'all for listening. Yow. That's a wrap. Yeah.